Hello and welcome to the Weird Geeks Horror Show, where every Friday we'll be covering another instalment in a classic horror franchise. Go to weirdgeeks.com and Weird Geeks on iTunes to check out our other podcast series, social medias, Twitch streams, contact details and news on our very own feature films, albums, shorts and more that are currently in production for our publisher, We Are Tessellate. Weird Geeks is not affiliated with any of the rights holders of the film's reference and no infringement is intended. Geeks! Geeks! <laughs> Hello, welcome back to the Wee Geeks Horror Show, where every single Friday we take you through another installment in the classic horror retrospective franchise. I say classic. We're doing a steal on what you did last summer, guys. I'm your host, Al White, and joining me throughout all of the I Know What Urban Legend You Did Last Summer films, Alexander Chard. Uh, actually, today it's Alex Prince Jr. the man the legend and christina masterson actually today it's christina masterson (laughs) (laughs) touche are you starting a singing career is that what you're trying to tell us what's happening yeah if you're new to us hello welcome head on over to weirdgeeks.com where you can listen to all of our previous shows we've done plenty of them i would list them but i can't be fucked you can also email us directly through that website or by typing a mail at weirdgeeks.com or fuck you at weirdgeeks.com and from there you can branch to all our social medias and bother with us in the digital format that people tend to do oh alex what do you what what's wrong what am i frozen you like opened your mouth or were you just like exercising your jaw uh, I was just opening it Freddie Prince Jr. style, where it stays permanently <laughs> Never open. Never close. Never close. I will say, <laughs> since that has been highlighted to me through watching these films, whenever I'm auditioning or self-taping, if I find my mouth slightly <laughs> agape for even a second... You think I'm on to a winning career. I'm like, this is gonna, and, this is gonna book. <laughs> and a series of cookbooks. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's what he's doing guys have you seen his cookbooks it's fucking ridiculous oh really i had no yeah. idea uh, wow. i think we have a new christmas present for you christina coming <laughs> <No>. up <laughs> yeah so we're doing all the i know what you did last summer films and then branching into the urban legends last week we did the first one this week we're doing a still know what you did last summer slight disclaimer we were going to record these two back to back and because of scheduling conflicts that didn't happen so now we're all a week in our brains are a little fuzzy what perfect time to talk about this fucking weird movie uh, which i think is known as really a classic 1998 4.6 out of 10 on the imdb guys wow (laughs) (laughs) and if there's one thing i know from the horror genre street it's people love i still know what you did last summer everyone hates this fucking movie guys but we'll, we'll get into it before we get there we do like to look at the landscape of f- f- just cinema in general and then horror alex i believe you are the man who has the power to tell us the top 10 box office hits i of can't the tell you year. the top 10 but i will mention that one of your favorite animation musical films i don't know what to call it prince of egypt <laughs> 
was 17. Oh, now. I know you like that film. I remember I like Prince of Egypt. Because I remember weird. we, um, it was brought up in another podcast a long, long time ago. And I started making up a song about it for you and your love of it. That sounds like a beautiful time. I wish my memory worked, but I'm just too old. <laughs> yeah, so Prince anyway. of Egypt's legitimately great, by the way. Everyone should watch that movie. It's like a Les Mis but in animation style. There you and go. with lots of Jesus, and you know me, I love my Jesus. Love your Jesus. I mean, you're modeling your current looker of Jesus, aren't you? <laughs> That's true. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> Jesus White. Hoodie and all. Yeah! Another, <laughs> another film. Excitement! Another film that didn't make the top 10, which uh, I was a little surprised about, was The Truman Show. Came in oh, really? 11. Yeah. Um, this so is worldwide, now, yeah. This is worldwide. So now, starting yeah, at number maybe. 10, our worldwide box office for 1998. Coming to number 10, Lethal Weapon 4. I don't know if I ever saw 4. Oh, actually, no. no I don't think I ever saw 4. I've seen the first three. Yeah, there you go. Coming in at number 9. This was a big Oscar winner this year, of, of this year which still surprises me. Shakespeare in Love. <laughs> yeah. I never liked this movie. Did you? <laughs> Nor did I. I don't, don't even it. know it. <laughs> don't get it. I don't it's the get one it. with uh, Gwyneth Paltrow. Ray Fiennes. No, not Ray Fiennes. The, the other, other one. one. Um, His brother. Fuck. Is it Joseph? Fiennesy boy. Yeah. Is it Joseph? Yeah, the other Jesus guy. <laughs> anyway, she, she won an Academy <laughs> Award for it. And then, well, I think Gwyn- it won. Uh, oh, wait, Gwyneth Paltrow won an Academy Award for it? She won an uh, yeah, Academy Award, and I think it won Best Picture as well that year, which is... What nightmare world are we living in? <laughs> which is nuts. Uh, coming in at number eight, Dr. Doolittle. The uh, remake with <laughs> Clearly that should Eddie have won Murphy. Best Picture. Yeah, there you go. At number seven, Mulan. People like Mulan. I have not seen Mulan. Really? It? Oh, yeah. I watched of course, it. Of course it's coming to live action. <laughs> <sighs> what isn't? I mean, Lilo and Stitch is coming to live action. So what, what, what can't they do? Oh, this is Mulan Rouge the cartoon? No, no. Yeah, Mulan the cartoon, not oh, Mulan, Mulan Rouge. That would be inappropriate. <laughs> Mulan <laughs> Rouge <laughs> the cartoon, oh the Disney cartoon for kids about strippers. Should have won Best Picture. Coming to number six, Deep Impact. <laughs> that means Armageddon's on this list too somewhere. Oh, very clever, Al. <laughs> very clever. Deduction. Yep, because they brought out two similar films. Coming in at number five, a Bug's Life. Oh, this Ant- was the beginning of the CGI era. Yep, ants and A Bug's Life. Yep, same year as well. Ants, But Ants came in at number 24. Yeah, it didn't do that well. I thought it was actually a better film, not by animation, but by what it was talking about. Like, Bug's Life is more entertaining, but I think Ants is a much more adult film. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It looks like it shit now, though, sadly. Oh, yeah, it looks very bad. Coming in number four, one of my favorite Farrelly Brothers films, if you're into comedies like that, there's something no. about Mary. I know you're not. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I was, like people I was not laughing. Talking to you specifically, Al. <laughs> if you like semen in the hair, then this is the movie for you. I loved. There's something about Mary. <laughs> Thank you, Christina. Everybody loved it. Everybody I did, it. and I was thinking until then. I'm like, I must have been asleep during this year because I don't know any of these movies. <laughs> but no. But you remember hair products? Yes. So congratulations. That was good. You hated it, so you guys hated it. No, I loved it. It's one of my favorite okay, Farrelly Brothers. I films. loved it. But Al, you hated it? I Look, it's fine. It was fine. It was fine. It was before I found humor in my life. So I was, um, <laughs> I was, I was quite... The quest was is quite ongoing. dour child. Yeah, it is. But I'll get there one day. Don't worry. My manager the other day asked me, will you ever write a comedy? And I was like, look at my life. Tragedy <laughs> is a comedy. 
So <laughs> it just is. depends on perspective, mm-hmm. really. Yep. There you go. There you go. Uh, coming in at number three, a remake that I don't think many people like at all. And that is Godzilla. See mm. this, I like that year. <laughs> and I appreciate this is terrible. I enjoyed it that year. I used to like the Roland Emmerich disaster movies um, mm-hmm. quite a bit. And I was really into Jean Renault. I was such a big fan of Leon at this point. Or yep. the professional for American audiences. That I kind of... Get. And is it fucking Ferris Bueller in it? Yep. Matthew Broderick. And it's got Godzilla in it. And it does. The actor. <laughs> Jean Renault. Done Reno. pretty well for himself at Godzilla. Uh, doesn't hold up at all. The CGI no, is, is awful. Coming to number two, Saving Private Ryan. Oh my goodness, do I love this movie. It's great. It's great. And Band of Brothers and the Pacific. Mm-hmm. What a great Steven Spielberg, Saving Private Ryan sort of trilogy thing. Love it. Yep. So coming in <laughs> number one, any guesses? I think I got a guess. I'm guessing. I'm guessing. What are you guessing? It has to be, no doubt, The Wedding Singer. <laughs> um, Where are you laughing? Incorrect. The Adam Sandler <laughs> film that came out that year. Oh, yeah, The Wedding Singer did come out that year, as well as yeah. The Waterboy. Do you remember that? <laughs> but, as well as a Parent Trap. Oh, come on. How the hell but all incorrect. It was Armageddon. Pulling uh, in a measly $553 million worldwide. Which is what's weird is that because like, we're told we're in a decline of cinema right now, which is true. Many cinemas are very sad. Lots are closing down. Ticket sales aren't necessarily what they used to be. However, if something, if a, an MCU film now got 500 million worldwide, that would be seen as not a great haul. Mm-hmm. You know, like you want to pass that billion mark. That's what you're heading for. So it's just kind of strange. I mean, obviously there are more people in the world right now, but still. I'm confused with how we judge the success of all these things. I it's like Armageddon. They used to, you know, fly up onto a rock. They do some mining. They cry. It's got an Aerosmith soundtrack. It does. Yes. The trailer used the score from The Crow, which confused me as a teenager who was really into The Crow. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Alex. We appreciate you guiding us through that nostalgia <clears throat> trip, which oh, yeah. unfortunately we're all old enough to remember other than Christina, who just remembers there's something about Mary. Christina. <laughs> and other do things. Have, do you have some of the horror <laughs> landscape in 1998? I do. So we got, do you want me to start from the top or the bottom? You know what? However you want. You can start from the middle and work out in concentric circles. Are you Much saying like it just doesn't, it doesn't matter? It doesn't matter. We have Blade. They're bringing it back. Ooh, Apparently I'm- they're in talks right now for Wesley Snipes to reprise the role of Blade in the MCU. Oh, and I just went to that Wait, uh, in the MCU. party. Get out. <laughs> What's happening? What's happening? <laughs> oh, yeah. Christina went to a blood party. We should talk yeah, about this for a second. I this is amazing. I went to a Blade bloodbath rave. <laughs> what that does all nice of that mean? <laughs> well, the theme was Blade. Okay. Everybody was dancing in a warehouse. You didn't get the location until midnight. And then you show up to this warehouse in the middle of nowhere in downtown Everybody's dressed up. I don't think they're really dressed up. I think that's just like what they normally wear. But it <laughs> it looks like they're in Blade. And you rave out on the dance floor. And at 3 a.m., blood started falling from the sprinklers. The sprinklers when you say blood, blood fell from the sprinklers, can you explain exactly how well this went? 
Well, I thought it was going to be like the movie Blade, and we were going to be covered and drenched in blood. But I don't think they really tested it out before, so <laughs> I think the blood was a little too thick for the sprinkler system, and it kind of just spurted out, and I just got <laughs> some sprinkles of blood. <laughs> I fucking love this. Love wow, it. It, was so it, just ama- it was pretty amazing. It was pretty amazing, though. <laughs> What kind of were they playing Blade Circa music? Was it proper sort of you know like trance? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't really know, That's, but it was really appropriate. That's all I got to say. It was felt appropriate. <laughs> were there any real vampires or vampire slayers? Yes, yes. They actually had this separate section, um, <laughs> right before the dance floor, where they had a uh, whips and other things. Uh, Christina's so bad at deadpan, I can't tell she's telling the truth. Every they now and did. then she they does They had a another section joke. where you could volunteer yourself as a victim. Well, yeah, if you volunteered someone else, that would be illegal. <laughs> and they would, you know, torture you. you. Did you partake? No, no but I, I watched, checking. I watched. Oh, yeah, you did. You're a watcher. That sounds like you. Well, fantastic. That's Blade. Yeah, it Blade. was great. It was Blade. Still yeah. still happening right now in the city of Los Angeles, if people want to partake. And apparently in the upcoming MCU. So, there you go. Crazy. I cannot wait to see characters from the MCU be whipped. <laughs> <laughs> Alex, next Endgame's time I be? get invited, I'm going to invite you. I highly doubt that, but sure. <laughs> Okay, let's move on. <laughs> Bride of Chucky. Woo! Oh, we've covered this. You can head to weirdgeeks.com, type it in on the old iTunes. I should have said that at the beginning. Subscribe and rate us. You can listen to our Bride of Chucky. Better than Seed of Chucky. That's all I'll say. Unless and you're then, Alice in Holland. Then we have Children of the Corn 5 Fields of Terror. Sweet Jesus. I've never, I mean, I've done like maybe two or three Children of the Corns, I think, in my life. Three, I think. Who knows? We'll get there one day. You know, I never watched Children of the Corn, Will but we? growing up, I, I remember knowing or hearing of Children of the Corn and thinking it was like one of the scariest movies out there You're that I wasn't allowed to watch, you know, because it was so scary. <laughs> it's really not. It's I not? didn't even okay. get through the first one, and I've never no, tried to watch any of the Linda movies. Hamilton. Yeah. Okay. We but, got. I mean, actually, that's a question that if you have a comment on this, if you're listening and you have a comment, we've been talking about this recently, whether we want to, because we're about to split up our podcast, we'll have the horror show, the show, which is what we started with and now just come out sporadically. And then the movie show, which is all of our sort of more comic booky stuff and Danny Boyle and Star Wars and things like that. Our time is, is you know, already bled on the floor with how much effort goes into these weekly. So we were talking about some of us want to do Spider-Man franchises. Some of us want to do Batman franchises. When I say someone, they might or might not be in this room. (laughs) And and I can't do that at the same time as a horror. So if you listen to this and you have an opinion, would you rather see us cover the doldrums of the Children of the Corn series, the Leprechaun series, the Wrong Turn series, or... Would you rather see us, and when I say see us, I mean hear us, because hopefully you're not in the room. Tackle Spidey, tackle Batman, tackle, you know, something a little different. Let us know. Let us know. Sorry, Christina, please continue. Okay. Then we have Deep Rising. Oh, Deep Rising. I just talked to someone who's involved with getting the new Blu-ray version of this film out, actually. Deep Rising? Uh I don't remember that. I don't know. Oh, it's a crazy, like, B-movie. It's really, it's really, like... It's got like Kraken monsters in it. It's a big 
line a boat in the sea and then things attack and it's oh, a proper okay. b movie yeah and then we have the faculty faculty sounds funny when i say it we've covered this <laughs> as does. well on our invasion of the body snatches uh <laughs> podcast the faculty we roped into that robert rodriguez movie sorry guys but i just glanced out my window for the first time this morning and everything is white the snow is coming down <laughs> It's a different world than it was yesterday. There is snow fucking everywhere and it's weirding me out. That's and beautiful. I just noticed. Just noticed. Sorry. Lucky <laughs> I was just like, you. I just turned for a second. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> Where are you guys? I'm in Colorado. Nice. Okay. And then we have H2O 20 years later. I covered this as well on a Halloween series. And I am definitely in a minority. Uh, well, actually, I think all of us were pretty unanimous on this one, but most horror fans listening would get angry because everyone hates this movie. I love it, guys. I've said quite a few times. I think, I think even on this, haven't I? I think I said H2O, then I didn't know what he did last summer, and then Scream was my preference in 90 Slashes. Mm. There you go. It yeah. might change. We'll see. There you go. Then we have the last broadcast. This was the originator of the Blair Witch Project. It basically did oh. what... Uh, they then saw this. They then created the curse of the Blair Witch Project, which is their sort of pseudo documentary with interviews that preceded the Blair Witch Project. Yeah, and it's essential viewing for if you're a horror history buff. Like, it's definitely an important movie, but it's not as good as the Blair Witch. Then we have Phantasm. 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 Yeah. For Oblivion. Yeah, I don't love these movies. I, mean, I don't <laughs> like them. <laughs> How do you watch all these movies? I don't know. Then we have The Prophecy 2. Christopher Walken series. It is. Christopher Walken's horror series. I don't like these either. And then we have Psycho Remake. Gus Van Sant. Shot for shot. And Vince Vaughn as Norman Bates. In really? some incredulous casting. Yeah. We have Ringu. Yeah, the original Ring. Which we will we'll definitely be covering these, but there's, they're just about to release another one this year, so now they're up to, the I think, 16. The 5,000th film in the <laughs> franchise. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Then we have Urban Legend. We'll be getting Ooh. to that in a couple of weeks' time, guys. Very excited to revisit that. What, us? Yeah. Do you know what you're doing? <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> We're doing but... the three I Know What You Did Last Summers and then the three Urban Legend movies. We're wrapping them into one oh. thing since they shared directors, writers, producers, like She's all that out. stuff. She's, she's... Now I know. Great. <laughs> you gotta listen, Christina. <laughs> okay, lastly, oh we God. have Vampires. John Carpenter movie. It's not his cool. best. Okay. <laughs> Has a very funny line in the end. Uh, thank you very much, Christina. Okay, Ooh. so we're in a landscape of lots of doldrumy sequel bullshit and then a few new stuff heading out. Uh, slasher films, urban legend, really. I mean, not much else. Like, even though we're right in that heyday of when people think, you know, the new era of slasher had come in the late 90s. There weren't that many. There really weren't. Uh, but yeah, a year after the release of the last one, guys, they really got this one out quick. Directed by Danny Cannon. This guy directed that 90s Judge Dredd movie. Do you remember that? With Sylvester Sloan. Try not to, but yeah, I do remember it. <laughs> Had a Cure song in it. Uh, he's also directed a whole bunch of CSI, Nikita TV, and that Gotham TV show that some people watch. Written by Trey Calloway, who, uh, who wrote CSI New York, Rush Hour TV, and Timon and Pumbaa. Ah, what's Timon and Pumbaa? Was that like a spin-off movie? I mean, I think it must have been a TV show, maybe spin-off of them? Right. Alex does a pretty good impersonation of both of these characters. Oh, yeah. 
Come see it but live only at the next yeah, karaoke. Only in person. And only on Katie do? Watson's birthday. So spoilers, yeah, we're, rev- we're recording this a little bit before, but we have a special um, screening in LA that some of us are going to. We should really have... Uh, oh, you're not going to be there. We should have like organized the karaoke afterwards and we could have just got everyone to come and marvel. <laughs> that would have been amazing. Uh, DP'd by Vernon Layton, who did films like Seed of Chucky. Oh, boy. A beautiful movie. And... The Englishman who went up a hill but came down a mountain. Is that you? Is <laughs> that classic Hugh Grant movie? I say classic. Uh, music by John Frizzell. This guy did Dante's Peak, Alien Resurrection, Office Space, Teaching Mrs. Tingle, 13 Ghosts, Ghost Ship, King of the Hill, Texas Chainsaw 3D, The Following, Leatherface, The Possession of Hannah Grace, and most importantly, Beavers and Butthead, Do America. There you go. What a CV. Starring a whole bunch of people, including Jennifer Love Hewitt as Julie again, Freddie Prince Jr. again as Ray, Brandy Norwood now as Carla Wilson. Yeah, Brandy. Only known as Brandy at the time. Christina, you're excited about this. Uh, who is Brandy? <laughs> Alex's face. God, it's killing me today. <laughs> Doesn't care for the alcoholic <laughs> namesakes. <laughs> um, can you explain for our audience who are too young to understand who Brandy is what that means, Christina? Well, she was a sing, a singer, musician. <laughs> was she part of a, a, a girl group first, though, or was she just always? No, she was. Was she? she was solo. Was she always no. solo? Yeah, right. <laughs> just bra- just sure. Brandy. Okay. Yeah, and she had a. I think she had a show as well, didn't she? A TV show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Moesha. She did. A TV show. Yeah, was Moesha. Moesha. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Well, that's I'm right. I'm aware of Brandy. <laughs> oh, Brandy. Uh, we've got Mikai Pfeiffer here as Tyrell. This guy would go and do Honey, 8 Mile, Dawn and Dead, ER. We've got Bill Cobbs as Estes. Estes? Not sure. Demolition Man, Hard Sucker Proxy, and That Thing You Do. Uh, we've got Matthew Settle as Will Benson from Band of Brothers. We've got Jennifer Esposito as Nancy. People know her from Crash, Summer of Sam, Dracula 2001, The Affair. She's someone I really feel like I know, but I think maybe I only know her from this film. She was also in a TV show. Was she in ER as well? Oh, Maybe. Maybe. She's just got one of those faces like, I really feel like I know her very well. I thought I knew her too, she yeah. She looks like she would have been in like really Kyoji Ugly, but that may just be the circumstance of this movie. Yeah. Oh, she was in Spin City. Mm. <clears throat> that means anything to anyone. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. John Hawks as Dave from Winter's Bone, Marthy Marcy, May Marlene, and Three Billboards, and Eastbound and Down. God damn, I love that show. Muse Watson as Ben Willis, and... Almost introducing, but not really, but sort of to the world. Jack Black as Titus Telesco. <laughs> uncredited on IMDb. Is he really yeah, uncredited? Yeah. That's funny. Do you think he took off that credit? I think his agent probably did, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm, yeah well, what's nah. hilarious is he couldn't be more Jack Black. It's not like he's doing something different. He's just being Jack Black. Only before people mm-hmm. decided to find him funny. <laughs> <laughs> uh, budgeted at 24 million dollars um, but it has been revealed that with promo material theater rentals and the other hidden costs this one is 65 million so that's a great wow. piece of clarity for our listeners we're always talking about that and how it can double the budget when you get to distribution that over doubles the budget for this film 24 to 65 mil it grossed worldwide 44 million so again you hear the you hear the budget's 24 Ooh. you think oh i did all right but when you see with all the costs, 65 million, 44 is not great. So here's the deal. Kevin Williamson, our dear friend, 
creator of the legendary Dawson's Creek, Scream. I know what he did last summer. He was a busy boy. He was writing Dawson's Creek in 1998. He, he was writing The Faculty. He was doing Halloween H2O, which he was producing. Uh, he was directing his own teaching, Mrs. Tingle, in 99. He wasn't, he couldn't do this. It's like, I'm too busy, guys. He couldn't. How could he possibly Too much on his it? plate. <laughs> he was hot property right then. He was. So he had to, like, give up some of the power in this and on Scream 3, which us three have already covered. So they had to go elsewhere. Now, they also asked Peter Jackson to direct. Now, this is a guy who seems to come up a lot. I think, I think in these years after his Australian sort of horror films, everyone was asking Peter Jackson to direct. And then he was like, no, guys, I'm going to do Lord of the Rings. Can you Something's imagine if he'd done I Still Know What He Did Last Summer instead of Lord of the Rings? <laughs> <laughs> in the script, Nancy's character description is, Nancy looks just like Jennifer Esposito. So Clever. Definitely Clever. a writer who knows what they're wanting. <laughs> they're like, I really want to meet this person. <laughs> Maybe if I write their name in the script, it'll happen. Early promotion material, including the theatrical trailer, credited Stephen Gargan as co-writer of screenplay, but he was later removed from it. I don't really have the information on why, uh, but this guy would go on to write Traffic, Syriana, Call of Duty Ghosts, and the upcoming computer game adaptation of The Division, that film. And they shot in El Tequan, don't know, Marina Resort in Costa Legri in Jalisco, Mexico. I, I think I said those perfectly. Um, as well as a little bit in L.A. Alex, have you seen this film before? <laughs> yes, Al, I have. In fact, the first time that I saw it, I don't know if they did these in um, England or here uh, when you guys were growing up, but we would have movie marathons where, like, basically a, a cinema movie theater would screen three films from midnight till morning. And from like a midnight. Of, yep, from midnight. Fuck, and so teenagers would go and, and usually they were horror films. So I saw, I remember seeing this, Urban Legends, and I can't remember what the third film was. Oh, man. Um, I really so, want to know. That would have been a great triple bill. Yeah, so I remember at the time it was really fun and really enjoyable and seeing it in that context and I really enjoyed this film at the time. And then I revisited this again when we were doing the Scream podcast and then rewatched it again recently as we started doing this. So it's been quite a journey. Quite a journey. You're, really, you're digging this movie. Christina, did you see this when it came out or just recently for this show? I have vague memories of it. So I must have watched it, but I didn't really remember much at all. Okay. Sounds, sounds like you. So this is kind of like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's basically, this is my first, first time. Might as well. Yeah, I was super excited for this. Like, I'd loved I Know We Did Last Summer so much at the time. I was really getting into slasher movies, both from the 80s and the 90s at that point. But it weren't that many from the 90s at this point. And, yeah, I was like, I remember when the trailers came out for this and of her going into the um, the church and all that stuff, um, just showing that a bunch of that scene. I was hyped. Um, so I was very excited. And I must say, when I first saw it, I did really enjoy it. Like, I didn't, I didn't see it as much worse than the original one. And I kind of have stood up for it quite a lot over the years. Like I could say, I could tell if you didn't like the original one, sure, this one's not going to win you over. But I saw it in the same ballpark. The only thing I remembered was people, everyone at the time hated Jack Black's character. <laughs> They're like, who the fuck is this guy <laughs> just coming in and just doing, chewing up the scenery. But I, it had been a while. I see this one sporadically. I mean, I've seen it a lot in the day, but yeah, it's been quite a time since I'd watched it. Um, so yeah, we begin with bits of dialogue from the original and then a scream, and then the title, which is very Scream-esque, 
I feel. Yeah, it immediately like yeah. compared to the first one, where it was that slow sort of more mature feel and build. They definitely jump back into that kind of comic booky vibe. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. I thought I noticed that instantly. It was already kind of darker than than the first one, and the voices and the sounds were creepier. Yeah, I think this one definitely is like we are a slasher film from the off whereas the other one i don't know if it really thinks of itself as a slasher film for quite some time it's kind of like building more as a as a whodunit thriller kind of thing definitely and i think it's like like you were mentioning in the last podcast our the the last one has that sense of like the director coming up with what he thought were original kind of moments which were very standard slashery tropes <laughs> yeah. yeah which were in in Amongst what felt like a yeah, like you said, a thriller who done it. Whereas here they're just like, nope, we're a slash film. Let's fucking do it. But did did it bother you that they didn't like address the shower attack, or was that just like a dream? Yeah, yeah, it's a dream. And I mean, they address it as okay. a dream, right? Because that's what I had in my notes, and I kind of. Oh uh, okay. I, I appreciated that it was kind of quickly explained away like that, and they just sort of move move on from it without really diving into it. Well, yeah, I mean, what's your other option? Your other option is you have to, like, continue literally to split second because you have to see what happens then in that battle. And then you're mm-hmm. in a whole different movie because Jennifer, presumably, which is, to be honest, like, that's quite, that's more standard. In the 80 slashes, your final girl from the first one and uh, a preceding one is probably going to be killed off in the opening scene of the next one, which totally could have been mm-hmm. the way that they went. But Jennifer, Lo- uh, sorry, Jennifer Lopez, Jennifer Love Hewitt <laughs> is on the up and up at this point. You want to keep these people attached to your movie franchise, yeah. you know. And I guess that last one, the first one ended with a, I guess if you call it a dream, the first one ends in a dream and then the second one begins with a dream. Yeah. So. so we're meeting a character that's haunted. We're really getting into the psychology very, yes, of the Love very, Hewitt. Very, very... All right, so she's walking through an empty church, going to confession, looking stup- stupidly like made up. Like <laughs> she's just ridiculously like every hair in her head is perfect, the makeup's perfect. She's like it's that '90s sort of like there's no reality to this. This is just models, you know, walking around. Um, but fair enough. And she's talking to the confession uh, with the priest about what happened before. I actually think this is a really cool way to like if you haven't seen the first one to catch up because we're not getting flashback scenes or anything like that we're getting legitimately like okay i'm gonna sit here in a new scene new context but it makes sense she's already explaining in her own dream that she has these dreams and then she says the killer's name is ben willis and the vicar says i know and then says i know what you did last summer doesn't say i still know what you did last summer because i guess at this point she's still haunted by the original note <laughs> and not by new notes i don't know um, and then she wakes up in a political science class screaming great scream here I like it. Yeah. Classic, right? It is. It is. And I love there's an idiotic guy behind her who's just grinning his face off and I fucking love it. <laughs> I just... So there... Yeah, there's been a little bit of a a delay between watching this film and recording. So I'm finding things in my notes just for our audience that... that <laughs> You're just going to say them. <laughs> I'm going to say them even though I can't necessarily remember all the context. <laughs> Maybe together we can piece them. together. This is well, going to be well, a this, special episode. <laughs> I mean, this this one makes sense, but it's clearly a note that it's a throwback to the previous film uh, because I put it above the kind of title for the, my notes of this film. Right. And I wrote, The whole t- town blamed Egan on Susie's death and they would have therefore known Ben Willis. And then known that he was a killer, but there's no like acknowledgement. That's true. Anyway, 
No, no, that is true. But we're not in her town, though, anymore, are we? We're not in her town now, no. But I guess that was a little gripe I had from the previous film, which I felt that I had to put in my into these notes, I guess. I don't know why. You've really been thinking about that first one for a bit. You're like, hang on a second. (laughs) Hang on. I need to connect the dots here. So, we got her boyfriend, uh, or at least who I thought was her boyfriend, because that's how they play it. But nope, it's not her boyfriend. This is just a guy who's who's digging her. Um, who's this? This is Matthew Settle as Will Benson, who I really liked in Band of Brothers, actually. He's good in that. Following out to the school quad, trying to help her with her dreams. She's realizing these dreams aren't going away. And then we get some firecrackers setting up, guys. Fourth of July. Yeah. The fisherman's time. Mm-hmm. Which, uh, one year anniversary. It's interesting how, like, Scream, the sort of anniversaries are so, like, always significant. Yeah. I think it was a very Maybe. classic staple mm-hmm. from 80s slashes because most of them were holiday themed. So it's like, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, every year, that's when this killer does the thing. Which, which I'm fine with that. And it's also a nice period of time. A year later, I mean, she would definitely be more damaged than she is here. <laughs> but. You can sort of go buy into some disbelief of she's continuing with her life. She's at school. She's, you know, moved away again. And then Ray appears. Old Prince Junior. (coughs) Mouth agape, ready to catch some flies. He asks her if she's ready to go. He's got his truck, says, you know the drill. He's there to take her back. Um, but she doesn't feel like she can and <laughs> Ray as maybe the worst boyfriend ever at this point in the film at least is just incomprehensible that a year later she doesn't want to go back to the town that murdered I, all of her, friends. her friends were murdered I know oh my god like how how can they write this so he does he just doesn't get it <laughs> there's just no like it's only obvious so I don't know like it's just not working for me. He's such a dick. It makes me. It makes me hate yeah. him, you know, and think he's an idiot. Yep. <laughs> and it takes a lot but, to hate Freddie Prinze Jr. <laughs> this golden I mean, child. Yeah, look at that face. Um, yeah, she asked him like, "Why don't you?" Like, she's really nice about it as well. She's like, "Look, I really can't, and I've got work. Like, you know, can, can you stay up here with me?" And she's really sweet, and you 100% say yes, <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> you 100%. But instead, he's like, I have to work, Julie. My boat's in Southland, remember? <laughs> Which is one of my personal pet peeves <laughs> of writing. <laughs> I do. Remember? Yeah, no. So then he just storms <laughs> off. He's like, fine then. I guess we won't. Like, I drove all the way up here to collect you. Now that you're, you know, emotionally scarred still, fuck you. I'm going back. And he acts as, what's worse is he acts as if she's being the dick. Yeah. So she's got loads of locks on her door showing just how scarred she is. And she has, yeah, a photo photo of Buffy, you know, in the clam at a parade, which is really (laughs) (laughs) Well, she just wants to remember her at her best. (laughs) Like, how did you get that photo? (laughs) It's so weird. Night falls. She wakes to a closing door. We get a little spooky scene um, as she nearly stabs her friend roommate um, i don't know so just, just written here eight minutes and 24 seconds that's how long it took before we got jennifer love hewitt in a tank top oh that's there you go <laughs> but i do love it like they did this in scream too and it's happened in my real life and it is really creepy when you fall asleep during the day mm-hmm. And then you wake up at night. Like, you don't mean to sleep that long. And then all of a sudden you wake up and it's nighttime already. It is like an 
a creepy feeling instantly. Like even in real life. I agree. I think for listeners, if you don't understand this, like maybe if you're freelance in the creative world, it's the only way that you experience this. <laughs> Lots of, oh, nothing's happening today. I'll take a little nap. <laughs> no, I fucking hate it. It's really weird. But it's also kind of like I've grown to sort of, I mean, I do it very rarely now because I hate napping. I feel like I can never get my head going afterwards, but I kind of like it as well. I know waking up and it's dark and it is a little creepy and you feel very at odds with the entire world around you. And they paint that beautifully here. She's at odds. She nearly stabs her. Is it her roommate? I don't understand a relationship. Yeah. Yeah, Brandy, it's her roommate. It's her roommate. What the fuck is she mm-hmm. doing? Not like turning on lights, like not like it's just such a weird situation. She comes in like a yeah. thief. <laughs> like it's very weird. And she sneaks into her room to borrow her skirt without turning on the lights, but then professes that she didn't know she was there because she thought she'd gone back home with Ray. Mm-hmm. So it's like, well then you just walk in, make loads of noise and turn on the light, wouldn't you? Like mm-hmm. anyway, very the weird. The first of many implausible things. I doubt it. It's probably the only one. So she wants Jennifer to get with Will, the guy that we met earlier, um, who we've already spoiled by saying what his character's name is, but whatever. And leave Did the prince. Did we already spoil it? Because I well, didn't I say s- anything. <laughs> I said the name, who, who he was. <laughs> Brandy. She's working at a nightclub. <laughs> so yes. she's like, let's go party. So this is where we get some more Coyote Ugly kind of like style scenes. Her boyfriend there, played by Zemike Pfeiffer, isn't it? Yep. Mm-hmm. He's looking for somewhere to fuck. <laughs> Like any man would. He is so horny through this whole film. He is just so, so horny. It's all he wants. <laughs> the entire film, that's it. It's just, this is just a man's person. You know when, like, when you're a writer and you're like, okay, every character has to have a story arc. His story arc is, will he get laid? That's literally it <laughs> yeah. for the entire film. <laughs> to his girlfriend as well. It's not like he's a single guy out there trying to fuck. Like he has a girlfriend. <laughs> yeah. And here's where we have a wonderful line. I'm forgetting which female. Does this come from Jennifer? Yeah, this comes from Jennifer, doesn't it? What? Which, my people? No. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. My people My people don't dance. Um, oh, no, when he's right. trying to like fuck his oh, girlfriend. And she's like God. saying no. And then Jennifer Love Hewitt says, no means yes. Don't listen to her. That's legitimately the dialogue <laughs> that yes. we're teaching uh. kids. Just remember, horny, rampant boys out there. No means yes. Don't listen to the female. Wow. It's fucking terrible. Yeah, it's pretty terrible. Um, <laughs> so they all, go, they all go dance. Oh, 90s music. You know what? When I was in the 90s, I hated going to clubs because of the music. Now I'd very much welcome it. <laughs> it seems so quaint. Uh, Miss Love sees the fisherman hanging out in the crowd. Fairly cool shot. As he's walking around, like, silhouetted, kind of like this. And Will's there trying to hit on her, but she bails on him because she's freaked out by the fisherman. Um, I am, I'm into that we're dealing with her PTSD. I have to say that. I mean, they obviously don't do it in a very sophisticated manner, but I like that idea of, of sure, let's have her really scarred, and we could fuck with that for the rest of the film, you know? Is, are things real or what things aren't real? It's a trope, but it's an effective mm-hmm. trope if it's done right. This is slightly off topic, so for our listeners... We don't happen to be in the same city at the moment, so we're we're Skyping. I turned subtitles on on Skype, and it's like giving it's very accurately. Is it really subtitling everything you're saying? And when you said "fuck," it had "f" asterisk asterisk asterisk. No, <laughs> that's amazing. What happens if I say anyway. the c word? That one just spells out fine. Next anyway. day, <laughs> that's that's amazing. <laughs> Is it helping? You're like my mom when she watches American films. She needs to put yeah, subtitles like, on. Yeah, I need to, I need to, 
understand this to get the this details. British accent. <laughs> her dryer's rumbling. I love how it just spits her flatmate's shoes out of this tumble oh dryer. Oh my god, <laughs> that would not happen. They just like perfectly <laughs> shoot into her. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> how do you even set that up? Like, that someone had to work on that for a while. That was someone's job. <laughs> oh my god! The director was adamant. No, it's got to spit them. Um, so they get phoned up by this radio station competition. Mark in the morning. They seem to know it very well. They're very excited about it. I mean, I can't overstate this enough. These girls are incredibly excited <laughs> to be growing <laughs> yes. up by this radio station. And slight spoilers for later. And yet they can't tell it's not the person ringing. <laughs> ringing. Like, they're so excited because they obviously listen to this all the time. But they can't tell that it's not the person that they listen to all the time who's ringing them up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They have to name the capital of Brazil to win a getaway. They say Rio and they win the getaway. And what we're really relying on here as a writer is that American and English audiences are so stupid that they don't know what the capital of Brazil is so that we're not immediately red flagging this. I must admit, I'm one of those stupid people. Didn't know. Yeah. I'm stupid too. (laughs) Yeah, certainly as as a teenager, that would have just gone straight over my head. No clue. No clue. Oh, but now are you saying you're not stupid, Sue? Got it? Now I'm saying I know the capital but of you're saying every we're still single stupid. country. <laughs> give, me, give me a country, I'll name the capital. You know, th- I wouldn't even know if you named it right or not. Yeah, that's why you're saying stupid. it. <laughs> we could just fob us off on anything. Do you know what's really frustrating? We were playing, I, was playing, I was doing a drive with Ali the other day, podcast friend, and she was, um, we were doing the 50 states game, the friends 50 states game. She can't say the words quick enough get through all 50 states that's how well she knows them like not even it's not that there's no hesitation it's like literally she can't like say it quick enough it's ridiculous that's and crazy it, and it made it not a game smart guys smart, not a game Ali, smart so not fun at all <laughs> she ruined the game <laughs> so fuck her. yeah again I, I mean honestly i've never in my life seen two people as excited as these girls are as they win they get away uh, on this radio show they get four tickets now we get a jennifer love hewitt song playing how do I deal? One of my personal favorites. How do I favorites. deal with you? Na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na
it makes you know, no sense it, none of this makes any sense yeah so stupid Ugh. so she asks her to try and make it and he tells her to go either way um and he really just seems like he doesn't want to be with it what i'm reading from this is he wants to break up with her like in all of these scenes and then his friend calls him out of it calls him out of it's like what the fuck's wrong with you and the acting yeah. here is so bad mm. this is the problem with the, the prince jr it's so bad that i can't tell if it was a plan that ray had or if he legitimately like i can't tell if he's like trying to pull the wall over because then he reveals he has an engagement ring and his friend says you shouldn't ring her back you should just surprise her yeah seems like a great idea so stupid that's how bad or that's the genius of the freddie <laughs> Prince jr acting that it's so layered like that al that you're just not sure what he actually intended i don't understand any of the intentions of this character <laughs> it's crazy but his friend says don't worry i'll ride up with you and i'll kick it with my friends in cambridge uh international cambridge, cambridge. yeah 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 kick it with so, you he means he's gonna hang out with me in my hometown so this scene of the prince and his friend driving and singing to here i go again <laughs> oh this is so funny <laughs> try the harmony <laughs> That's what he says to him. this is amazing um to be fair when me and alex are driving across america this is how we this is how we that's interact. true it's not very, it's very very <laughs> it's similar quite accurate <laughs> <laughs> so they come across a car slurped out on the road with a body lying in the road ray immediate red flags so his friend says just go and i'll find a phone but ray says no maybe he's not dead so is this meant to be a chance of redemption for him is this him like yeah okay. mm-hmm. that's what i felt okay okay it's a mannequin however because this fisherman's a sneaky little fucker and then the fisherman's by the car hooks his friend in the mouth drags him out the window pretty nice how many times do you think the fisherman um had other people drive down that street <laughs> and stop and go oh no sorry just uh, just keep going this is just uh that's just an excellent another, point just for another friend just, I, I know another no, no, friend of mine's going just, just hanging yeah. out with my mannequin it's all good yeah just 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 keep driving it's all good it's just a prank i'm playing on a friend of mine that's <laughs> coming through any minute it. now because the only way you could know would be to like drive in front of them and then accelerate the you know the last minute and just sort of yeah. set it up very quickly and hide in the bush it's too much it's too much but we have kill number one this is the first kill, kill number one yeah dave yeah and then and then the fisherman gets in the car as he was wont to do in the last film he likes to do a little bit of driving here and there uh, mm. and tries to run the <clears> prince <throat> off the road as he runs yep. like an absolute clown and then tumbles down the bank, knocking himself out. I have noticed in Kevin Williamson films, even though this wasn't written by him, there's a lot of tumbling down banks. Yeah. <laughs> Happens quite often. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, the next day, Jennifer Love Hewitt has left Ray four messages, but he hasn't turned up. She's really, she's trying her best, guys. She's yeah. trying her best. He's been a dick. She's still making an effort. She loves this guy. They've been so through a fuck lot. Fuck it. Yeah. Fuck it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, Alex. Yes. <laughs> they had sex on the beach for crying out loud. They did. They did. <laughs> um, Mikai and Will turn up. Miss Love has some serious mood swings here in this movie. <laughs> she goes between being like, I am damaged to let's party <laughs> at the flip of a switch. She's either really excited or very dour. So, it's just going to be these four. She's being set up with Will. There's going to be her new boyfriend. Ray, we think, maybe is out of the picture. At this point, first time watching a movie, I was like, I don't really know what they're doing with Ray. <laughs> I'm not entirely sure. I feel like they just want to kill him off, but they're not. On the plane, Will is really scared. 
And this is an important moment, I feel, because what better way to throw you off the scent of Will than by showing him as vulnerable and frightened? Yep. He I don't be. know. He's just like, it was like, what are they doing with him? He just seemed like such a wet rag. Yeah. Good, good description. He had to be something. Like, it had to be something. Because because uh, then if he wasn't something, it would have been weird. I mean, it was also kind of weird with Will he in those opening scenes because he always seemed like a peripheral figure and friend even to that main friend group even though mm-hmm. they invited him like he still was sort of like i don't know it was, it was a little mm-hmm. odd just like that whole setup yeah it was off but they are giving us a red flag right here because he's scared of the plane and jennifer Love hewitt tells him think of something happy from his childhood and he says what if i don't have anything happy from my childhood oh, oh i don't even remember ben that benson benson <laughs> Which I don't know if that would be true because Will. everything was fine, wasn't it? Until the stuff happened with that fiance and all of that stuff. Like, I don't think his dad was just a like leather face as a child. I think they had a normal yeah, upbringing. That's, that's another thing that I was finding with this film was that sort of adding on on the backstory, which, which yeah, seemed a bit of a stretch. Yeah, they're trying to, to turn him into nicely. a true legend sort of horror icon now, which is fine, but... A bit forced but it shows but it does show that like he's not just a killer through these movies that he loves his family he's a family man family man so they're on a boat we're getting a hot off the press i'm the king of the world reference guys could it just happen the year before now here we That's are true. titanic tip of the hat yeah. really as cringeworthy then as it is now Mikai is throwing up on the boat. Will's fine with it. We're learning here. He's fine with boats, guys. Second red flag. Fisherman's son. He has his son. sea legs. <laughs> yep, he has his sea legs, but not his air wings. Yeah. <laughs> air legs. Whereas Mikai Pfeiffer is the opposite. Nice bit of parody here. Two big clues, though, straight away. We should know. We should know. Because here's the thing. If you don't throw up on a boat, your father's probably a murderous fisherman. They arrive at the island... There's a sailor guy doing a fake accent, which is luckily revealed later because I was like, this is incredibly inappropriate. <laughs> He's doing a terrible <laughs> fake accent. Oh, the guy, that, the guy that welcomes them at the yeah. dock. Yeah, yeah that's right. Um, and then we learn immediately the storm season is there. The last boat is heading back to the mainland at 6 p.m., but they don't see this happen. They just walk into this beautiful location. And here's the thing, guys. All of this looks, just the storm seasons are that quick in these places. They do literally like just come in and out much like clockwork. There are this torrential. However, there are hundreds of people. Like people are just fucking everywhere in the bikinis, hanging out, drinking, doing fun stuff. About five minutes after this, the island's empty. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's fucking crazy. Because like they show, they show as the, yeah, they show maybe a couple of people you sort of see leaving as they're entering. Yeah. But then, yeah, everyone's relaxing and yeah, yeah. still just having a good old time. <laughs> everyone's very chilled. Beautiful location, though. And you know what? Slasher films normally take place in provincial kind of places, you know, whether you're out in the middle of nowhere or you're in a suburb of a town. I'm happy to have one take place on a tropical island. Sounds fun yeah, to me. Yeah, I remember really liking this location when I first saw mm-hmm. it. Same. However, Same. they look over and see Jack Black with dreadlocks coming at them trying to sell them some of that reefer doing the comes. old mimings but what's weird is they act as if they've already met him for a second there's like this sort of oh we already know this dude and then they clearly don't it's very strange 
but no, immediately red flags for just Jack Black's acting in this movie is is whew, Christian loves it. I'm not saying I liked it, <laughs> but it, but I it loved was it. <laughs> it was fun for me to watch him in just like something that he did in his earlier years. It's just kind of funny. Not saying it was good, but it was funny because like he's just so familiar to us, right? No, for sure. It's way over the top for the movie, but it's sure, yeah, for sure fun in a in a in a trashy kind of movie to see where Jack Black kind of came from. But um but those dreadlocks. Yeah, I remember Ooh. I remember as a teenager thinking it was funny just cuz it was like, oh, this stoner guy, but well, that's funny and he saying things funny (laughs) 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 but you know what's uh but it's interesting because around this time as well the remake of the jackal came out with um bruce willis and jack black was in that film too was he really playing almost an identical character (laughs) who is like a weapons dealer that sells bruce willis this giant gun that can be controlled by remote control and bruce (laughs) willis tells him to stand out on a field and hold up a pack of cigarettes and then like blows off his whole arm and jack black says crying in a very all very similar this could be canonical then this could be where that character ended up later was on this island (laughs) Well, he still had it. He, he was missing an arm, so less. Uh, well, you know. Yeah. So to go to the front desk of the resort, it's deserted. The manager, immediately a dick. <laughs> like, just so the worst. Weird. So weird. Racist asshole. I know. Jeez. And then he tells them that the hotel will outlive all of them. I don't know if they're just trying to, like, just throw in stuff. of Like, oh, maybe this one's going to be the killer in this one, and it's not going to be the fisherman. I mean, I guess that was a thought at that point, but we've seen the fisherman hook someone out of a window. And we know, we know it's not this manager. It's funny, sort of, when we get to the resort here with Jack Black's character and then this character, just how, how it shifts and how bizarre it suddenly becomes. It, it be, yeah. For me, it becomes Scooby-Doo. The rest of this film is a Scooby-Doo episode. No, absolutely. Everyone's <laughs> overacting so much. We're going to get voodoo characters. Like, it's insane. <laughs> we did it (laughs) so weird and then when they and when they see he was checking which rooms they're in and says they're in 201 and 202 he just goes oh (laughs) and then they ask if it's a bad thing he's like no they're the honeymoon suites (laughs) yeah (laughs) what's happening um and then he sleeps in that it's off season bare minimum off season staff because it's storm season. I think what this really means is don't even with 24 million, we don't have the production budget to fill out this hotel. So we're going to have three extras pretty much. And that's it. Brandy, I got to say, Christina, I know you're a fan, but she's pretty bad. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think so, man. (laughs) Pretty bad. I mean, to be clear, no one's good, but (laughs) yeah, she's pretty bad. Yeah. And then the concierge (laughs) takes them. And this is a guy who's later on going to become this terrible voodoo stereotype. Uh, and he just says 201 and 202 don't use hmm. these much <laughs> yeah <laughs> just has no reason to say that <laughs> and like, then they go oh yeah why is that no reason in particular no reason yeah <laughs> <laughs> what is happening oh my god it's absolutely it feels like you know when you do like a run through on set before you anyone puts any effort in <laughs> it just feels like they yeah. filmed all of those nah <laughs> Yeah, um. it's like, yeah, the actors are like, cool, we're ready to go. He's like, nope, we've got it. <laughs> we got it. We're moving, moving on. on. <laughs> right, you'll let us know next time, right? Before it's the actual, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, anyway. And then they tell him they won the radio competition by naming the capital of Brazil as Rio. And he looks a little dodgy at this. But doesn't yeah. think he'll just tell them. 
<laughs> yeah. He can sense danger. <laughs> but it's like, oh, no, I'll keep that to myself. Jennifer Love Hewitt and Will are going to share a suite together, guys. So, you know, romance is on. Meanwhile, in case you've forgotten about him, the prince. <laughs> oh, wait. There's also, he, Estes also says a line very sort of knowingly and towards Will. Mm. Where he says, I've been doing this since before you were a gleam in your father's eye. Yep. Will. <laughs> William. <laughs> Benson. <laughs> Benson. But why doesn't he? Why doesn't he say any of this to people? Yeah, like, he's like, I'll let, I'll see how this escalates before I intervene. <laughs> I don't like stopping things with words, only with voodoo. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. In case we've forgotten about him, the prince is in hospital. The police didn't believe his story about what happened. They think he fell asleep at the wheel. You know, because who would believe someone whose yeah, friend's no dead? One- yeah, no one looks also into his history and the fact no. that he came from that town where he had an attempted murder on him. No. He fell asleep at a wheel, crashed and got thrown from the vehicle. And then we have this very dramatic scene. Suddenly he flatlines. He's gone. So the film now is just ridiculous. This is what I've written down. I've written down this film is becoming ridiculous, but I'm fine with that. Let's just go really stupid <laughs> and silly. <laughs> Mikai and Will go to the bar. There's just, uh, what's her face? Espinosa. What's her name? Espin- Espin- Esposito. Jennifer Esposito. Esposito. She's the alternative sexy bar girl. Will ask her why she's still there. She gets defensive. None of your business. <laughs> <laughs> Something to do with a boy. Uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt says she misses Ray, but she's liking Will. So, you know, go with what you got. Uh, what? They can't take her dark and stormy? Oh, yeah. No, they just have true difficulty. The Espo- Esposito's telling them to have a dark and stormy. Which we tested out, by the way, last time me and Al hung we out did. Don't mind in the dark Ohio. And stormy. It was actually pretty uh, delicious. Yeah, it rum, was delicious. Rum ginger ale. Yep, yeah, lime to ginger storm. Yeah, mm-hmm. very cool. Love a dark and stormy. Yep, delicious. Rum it's, drink. It's actually very similar rum. to what's <laughs> Moscow Mule. Yeah, similar to Moscow Mule, yep. only with rum, and I kind of like it. Yeah, with the rum. just gonna say that. Oh, yeah, same. The rum rum. I'm a drinker. Is the party juice? I would just say that. It is. I'm getting that Dark you like rums are the best. <laughs> oh, yeah. Things can get a little wild if I have too much rum. Noted. Ordering <laughs> a case of rum. She points them. She's like, what do you do if you're bored around here? Well, we've got the karaoke machine. So guess what? No. Perfect time. <laughs> Perfect time, guys. Jennifer Love Hewitt is already selling us on her acting skills. She's already selling us on her modeling career. And now she's going to sell some albums. Let's get platinum. So she starts I wrote, singing. This karaoke scene makes me want to shoot myself. <laughs> As she starts singing, cue to everyone looking surprised. Oh, mm. she's actually good. Yeah. The barman, quote, everyone's a goddamn singer. You know, a little, little <laughs> postmodern knock there at females, actors becoming singers in the 90s. I mean, she's got a good voice. What can you say, Alex? I'm presuming you're loving it. Again, fucking bipolar, Miss Miss Love Hewitt here. She's like all damaged and then she just becomes a sexy extrovert suddenly. <laughs> just singing her sultry song. Uh, but then she's looking at the lyrics on the screen and they Wait, change. what song is she singing again? Mm. First I was afraid, I was petrified, kept thinking yeah, I could yeah, yeah, yeah. live. What I song will survive. was it called? I will, I will survive. survive. Yeah, I will survive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is a good, yeah. uh, which is a very apt song but then on the, the teleprompter comes i still know what you did last summer because uh, guys is this in her head or 
<laughs> is the fisherman and his son into hacking. <laughs> See, the thing right? is, is like the, in in her head stuff. It doesn't. It doesn't. I don't know if it's just not done well enough, but it doesn't play like that for me. It plays yeah, it as someone's like hacked, the, head. The, someone's mm-hmm. hacked the screen, which then becomes stupid and improbable that someone can do <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, ridiculous. Particularly in the late yeah. 90s. Yeah, no, but that's what I mean. Early on, they set up that thing of like, okay, she's going. it's a real trope, but she's going to be damaged and imagining things. But they don't even follow through with that. Like for the rest of the movie, there's none of that other than it's only used as, oh, no one really believes her because she's like, oh, crazy Jennifer Love Hewitt, always imagining Fisherman boys. Very frustrating. But we're finally getting the title of the film, essentially, in the movie. It took a while. So she heads to her suite. There's a letter there for her. But it just says, surprise, from Will. And he's, as he's creeping up behind her with some champagne and roses, getting all rapey. Come on, Will. Don't. Come on, Will. She's got a boyfriend. Back the fuck up. And at least announce. Don't just creep up behind her and go, you know what? Now is the perfect time. She's frightened. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, he gives her a rose and then leaves her amidst broken glass. <laughs> She's just standing. He's dropped everything. She's just standing there in this broken glass. And he's just like, all right, I'll probably, you could probably sort that out. All right. <laughs> See ya. And he grabs a few things to go where? This is the only room. <laughs> but yep. it's not because there's empty rooms. It's an empty hotel. Well, sure, but I've only got keys to two rooms. These are college kids, Christina. They can't afford another room. True. That's true. Brandy. She's just enjoying, you know what? A good, just a good old bouncing up and down on the bed on top of your boyfriend. <laughs> Yeah, he's just lying there still waiting to get laid she's just bouncing up and down like an 8 year old and loving mm. it and then she spots a jacuzzi outside but he's pissed because he just wants to get it on he is horny oh isn't he just Alex yeah as we all were in 1998 <laughs> it was the year it was the year <laughs> it was the year of the horn dog <laughs> uh, meanwhile the fake accent sailor man is down at the docks and he runs into jack black who i feel like maybe i'm the only one here but i've written down is so fucking annoying <laughs> just incredibly annoying <laughs> and i really do i remember just how incomprehensibly he knowing he was with me and my friends before he was jack black you know like this was the only thing we knew him from we're like who is this yeah. guy sailor gets his leg caught in a rope he gets pulled into water i think the very first thing you learn as a sailor is not to stand in rope loops is he a real sailor though <laughs> is Probably he not is anyone any anything <laughs> really <laughs> in this film <laughs> other than uh, to be fair i believe jack black is a stoner so. then the fisherman turns up and gets him Kill two. Don't forget, we've got a parallel story going on here. The prince, he's on the loose. Where is he? <laughs> Tell me how. Where is the prince? He's ringing the hotel's front desk, but there's no one there to pick up. Housekeeping is doing the rounds. She realizes she has blood on her hands from a sheet. And then a fisherman gets her for literally no reason. Kill three. Yeah, no reason. But we get a cool hook and drag. Yeah, the hook and drag's pretty nice. I do you like that? Ew. <laughs> <laughs> that's the official statement from christina <laughs> mika and brandy now are in the hot tub or if you go by my notes the hote tub who put the candles there that's my question hundreds of candles just surrounding this hot tub <laughs> <laughs> for the first time um, tyrell wants to get it on yeah refreshing character <laughs> twist here he's horny 
But guess what? Brandy doesn't want to get her hair wet. <laughs> she was very adamant about this. And then from beyond the hot tub, they're in one of those, you know, like swimming pool and then the hot tub's adjacent to it, like immediately. Jack Black emerges from the <laughs> depths right. of the swimming pool with a, with a fucking... With a fucking spliff in his mouth. <laughs> just appears. Obviously completely soaked through. And I just wrote down, what is this film? <laughs> <laughs> it's, oh, I don't man. understand what's happening. And he just paddles off. Then Will turns up, gets to show off his body. Yeah, meanwhile upstairs, Jennifer Love Hewitt's having a shower. But she gets to put a robe on this time, guys. Not the towel for the previous film. She's obviously up to contract. Now, I never realized, I, I didn't remember, like, how blatantly see-through this gown is in this scene. And just, like, how sort of... <laughs> so I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> they let her they, put a robe on instead of a towel. However, her agents clearly didn't define what the robe was to be made of. Because, for sure, in Blu-ray, you can see everything. <laughs> like, it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's insane absolutely ridiculous and she's just wandering around in this for ages and it kind of breaks your heart because i don't think she has any idea yeah it feels a little exploitative <laughs> mm-hmm. a little <laughs> for sure jesus i forget <laughs> you've forgotten this <laughs> I, I have to watch it again <laughs> yeah, you need to watch her yeah see-through rope she finds the dock hand dude dead and hanging in her wardrobe so she runs to get her friends doing some of that great screaming and the manager but when they come to investigate, body's gone, guys. So it's probably just, gone. you know, Jennifer Love Hewitt imagining shit again. Typical. Everybody is a real dick to her about it. Like, everyone is just, like, really terrible to her about this. No one's sympathetic. No one's like, oh, maybe, considering you have actually legitimately been involved in murders before. But no one knows this at this point. Is this what we're meant to be believed? Because they haven't really made that clear. Do her friends I not know? I feel like her friend Brandy knows... Yeah, she knows. She just didn't know that they never found his body or something. That's right, like that. yeah. That's your real yeah. So you take it a little bit more seriously, don't you? When someone's been involved in multiple murders before? I would. <laughs> <Yeah>. I would. <laughs> or you at least show a bit more sort of compassion and yeah, and empathy and just be like, Cool, like let's Yeah. Whereas me Mikai's letting those letting those horn dog hormones just hit his head and he's just shouting at her. <laughs> he seems really angry. He's like, I am rock hard and you're just killing it. <laughs> and then fucking Esposita, the bargman, sorry, the bar girl, she just turns up out of nowhere. What the fuck is she doing? She just appears by their door suddenly. I'm like, oh, hey guys. Um, Jennifer Love, she wants off the island and who can blame her? But he says, yeah. it's not possible. As the last ferry left a couple of hours ago, it said 6.30 on the dock. <laughs> And it is now clearly like midnight or something like that. But whatever. Um, and he also says the phones are dead. I love how he says all this with glee as well. He says Such a like, weird character. Ha. Huh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fuck you. So they have to hunker down for a couple of days and ride out the storm. Uh, there's a shelter if it gets really bad. Guys. Yeah, that concierge manager guy is like such a bad red herring. <laughs> Wait, you know it can't be him because we've seen murders happen off fucking True. island at the same but time. But then they still try and like, like <sighs> I don't terrible. know. It's weird. It's terrible. Uh, the shelter that he speaks of here, does this come back again? No, yeah. that's what I was just thinking. It did. No. 
It does. I don't remember Where? seeing it. Oh, okay. We'll get the there. The shelter. Yep. We know. get there because we see something in there. Oh, okay. Stormy clouds rolling in. I wrote down Alex is probably happy. It's voodoo time, I wrote. <laughs> We're going to have voodoo in the film. we got some voodoo clouds rolling in, buddy. Yeah, Alice is with think. me right now. She's looking up, excited. <laughs> <laughs> A little callback to Child's Play. Now we learn that the nice concierge guy, not the manager guy, but the one who helped them with their bags and did not explain to them, oh, this is a death trap. And I know that the guy you're with is probably going to murder you. He's into voodoo because why not play to every stereotype possible? Mm -hmm. He stole and Jennifer Love Hewitt's toothpaste and is burning it. uh, Toothbrush, (laughs) sorry. Burning it, chanting about the blood of the young. (laughs) What the fuck is this movie, man? (laughs) This movie's insane. Uh, Jack Black is looking after his weed plants. And then he gets got with some shears into the chest. Pretty just like quickly. (laughs) I like his reaction because he gets his hand stabbed first. And yeah. he's like, ah, he's, he's like Jack Black reactions. And then when he like picks up the shears, he's like, no, no. <laughs> kill oh four. My, kill four. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, the prince is on his own odyssey. He stops in the seedy part of town. Where the fuck is he, guys? <laughs> so I've got in my notes here, Al, but I can't remember if it's happened or if it's coming up. But mm-hmm. I wrote mentions Freddy and Jason. Oh, really? Yeah, I've just written all my notes. All my notes say after Jack Black's death is it mentions Freddy and Jason, the true greats. Weird. I don't know. I didn't pick up on that. I didn't pick up on that. Let's see if I can. Does I'll see Will, if I can look it up. Will mention that? You check into that. I'll, I'll see if I can find the line. Yeah, he's trying to sell his engagement ring for a gun. <laughs> this crazy kid. So, like, here's, here's the setup. This crazy fucking kid, all bruised, beaten up, with bandages, a sling, I think he's got. <laughs> And comes into a shop and says, I'm not waiting for any permits. Give me the gun. (laughs) So the gun owner gives it to him and then loads it for him. That's America. (laughs) I just want I just want to edit together his bits because his story is fantastic. He's he's acting his little socks off. Next morning, all four all four of our leads are in bed together, having a little snooze. The girls decide, let's go to the gym for some alone time. The boys decide, let's go find old Jack Black. Um, And then Will spots the voodoo guy watching them. So this is where Miss Love pouts at Brandy. So they go to give her a tan instead. So let's let's have a tan. Let's not work out. Okay, this tan thing. (laughs) She gets locked in the tanning bed. Yep. And Brandy comes (laughs) freaking out trying to pry the tanning bed open, but why don't they just turn it off? Exactly. <laughs> turn it off first, and then she wouldn't panic. Or pull the plug out. If it's Yeah. Yep. Yep. No, 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 no. <laughs> this no. whole scene is no. this whole scene is insane. Like for starters, like she's too freaked out. So like, okay, let's put you in a contained space and leave you on your own. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Then we get exactly. for anyone who studies I mean there's a lot to say about the I would never <laughs> there's a lot to say about the male's gaze. This scene is the ultimate male gaze of all time as she undresses and we just incredibly slowly pan up and down her body as she takes everything off. There was a lot of male gaze in this film. But I mean this scene's insane. Like there's literally no reason for any of this other than maybe Jennifer Love Hewitt wanted to do it to help. like she's really just seems like she's selling every angle of I can act I look amazing and I can sing and she just doesn't quite get to dancing <laughs> that's the one where she's like no my people don't dance <laughs> but it is so weird with this like they do all this like sexy sexy stuff with her but then they put her in these 
huge <laughs> sweatpants. Like, yes. where did those ginormous, like, tent sweatpants come from? The it, 90s. They look so weird. I mean, come on. I wore, like, baggy sweatpants, but that was, like, really, really really like ugly baggy oh, this probably explains i'm a 90s kid because i found them quite sexy <laughs> so i you I, did? I, I found the um i found the freddie and oh. jason line give it to um, us and it's it's tyrell because he's complaining of, i think it's when they all wake up in the bed together and he's basically complaining because he's so horny and he says it's ain't the romantic weekend i had in mind and he, he yells at julie see any dead bodies out there any fresh kill how about freddie jason Jesus uh. Christ. I would not want to sleep in the same bed as this man. I feel no one's safe from him at this point. <laughs> Brandy goes to investigate the laundry, which is a dilapidated, rusty, decaying room in a five-star resort. <laughs> and then she finds the maid dead. Uh, while at the same time, the boys are finding Jack Black dead. This is the turn, guys. This is a moment where everyone realizes, oh, shit, stuff is going down. Jennifer Lopez. Jennifer Lopez. I keep saying that. Oh, Jennifer my God. Love <laughs> is not crazy. And then the fisherman, like you said, comes to see Miss Love, traps her in the sunbed, turns the heat weight up. No one can save her because they're stupid. We're one hour in with 40 minutes left, guys. Ah. And we're out of the turn. No one tells her that they found the dead bodies. So no one has shared these separate bits of information. They haven't related. <laughs> oh, we found Jack Black and we found the maid. But for some reason, they all decide to just progress as the story needs. Head to the manager. He's got a cleaver in his head, guys. He's dead. Kill five. Emergency radio is broken. Has I still know written Smashed. in blood on it. Oh, this guy is sick. <laughs> but Mikai doesn't believe her. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's horniness is so rampant <laughs> that it overrides the fact that everybody is dead <laughs> and he's seen a dead body <laughs> and he doesn't believe it could possibly have something to do with her past he thinks it's got to be that porter guy you know that creepy guy and everyone's still just really mean to jennifer love Hewitt. but don't worry because the prince is still he's still on his odyssey he's on a fucking bus to miami <laughs> <laughs> oh man and then what's amazing we catch him as he comes out of the toilet yes. he's just done a poo he's coming so we're on this bus for no reason he's coming <laughs> out of the toilet and then some old lady looks at him as if he's done something weird and that's the scene that's mm. the end of the scene i think you know on on bus journeys like that i think there's an unspoken <laughs> rule and etiquette that you don't do a poo <laughs> on the bus <laughs> i think he's done a poo <laughs> so she looks at him because <laughs> it probably it probably stinks it's so fucking weird like the money that had to go into hiring this set filling it with extras like this lady would have had direction she's a no speaking role but she would have got an extra salary for being directed for what yep. i don't even understand what it's trying to say mikai finds a little black plastic monkey skull in the porter's home and decides no doubt <laughs> this is our killer <laughs> i'm turning around on it guys i think this film's amazing jennifer love hewitt finds a closet which has just random voodoo stuff there's a fucking chicken's leg a hair tie the burnt toothbrush so they decide to go looking for some weapons and the guys think the best way to do that is let's leave the girls again <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> they so <laughs> they leave them in the lobby and the girls say can't we come with you and the guys just say, no, it's, it's safer. 
<laughs> just split up. The lights go off. So Jennifer Love Hewitt just wanders off to check out a spinning globe. <laughs> I can't. Guys. <laughs> this film's insane. Uh, she decides to look at the capital of Brazil. And then the reporter just appears behind her uttering Brasilia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's really into theatrics. Uh, turns out, guys, mm. Rio wasn't the capital of Brazil. He was using voodoo to help them. And then Jennifer Love Hewitt turns around and goes immediately cottoning on. Rio isn't the capital of Brazil. Sorry, wrong answer. We lose. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. And the porter says he knows who they're talking about when they're talking about a fisherman. He says, yeah, this guy used to work here at the hotel. Lately, he's seen him in the woods in the orchard. And he could show them where. So, Alex, you were talking earlier about some, some retconning. Yeah, I don't understand. <laughs> so this is a guy who he was on. I mean, he was on the at the. He's in the fishing town, right? Like he was part of the community. Yeah, he's so, a fisherman. So in the first one, it's established. Well, it's 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 sort of it's discussed that the whole town felt that Egan was responsible for Susie's death. Yeah. Right, so the whole town felt that. So you would assume that if the town knew those two people and it's a small fishing town, the town would have known Ben Willis. Sure. And then obviously Ben Willis goes on this murder rampage, but nobody in the town kind of connects those dots or says anything about it. Even though the kids that he tried to murder figured out who he was. And yeah, and so now we've got this crazy backstory that they lived in the Bahamas. <laughs> I don't know. Fucking That's where he nuts. did his fisherman training. Was in the Bahamas, <laughs> and now he just hangs out in the orchard. And, yeah, and so, so the backstory is that they lived him, Ben Willis, and his wife and two kids mm. lived at this resort. Yeah. Lived and worked at this Before resort. Before moving to, I've forgotten the name of the town, but yeah, the town for the first film, Dawson's Beach, yes. <laughs> or near Dawson's Beach, wherever it is. I mean, okay. Um. Yeah. Fine. And then he goes on to say that Ben Willis killed his wife. I think so. That's, uh, yeah. Well, hang on, sorry. It turns out Ben Willis lived on the island for many years, had a pretty wife, two kids, a boy and a girl. One day, his wife went missing. Blood all over room 201. They found pieces of the body. People say she was cheating on him. (laughs) And then he disappeared disappeared the children too now he's back <laughs> hanging out in the orchard oh god so this is on where you. he buried <laughs> three bodies yeah and then i guess then he goes to his new town and then someone's trying to hook up with his daughter so he kills them because no one in his family is allowed to sleep with other people i guess is the rule i don't know man okay fine let's go with it meanwhile the prince <laughs> comes in looking like a fucking maniac pulling a gun on a fisherman <laughs> to mm. use his boat to get to the island. He just busts right in there. This, I mean, honestly, he's amazing. I love him. Yeah, so they head out to the orchard. Susan Willis and Sarah Willis's graves are there. So this is, yeah, the wife and then the daughter from the first film, I guess. And there's another grave with Jennifer Love Hewitt's name written on it. But they've already said there were two kids, right? So we're already... Another red flag should have been planted by this point. We get a recreation of her screaming out to Ben Willis from the first film, where she does the old arms out. 
Yeah. Yeah, it's funny that they repeat that moment and do that again. <laughs> so Susan Willis dies in a car accident on the East Coast small town America. And Ben Willis, before he takes revenge, takes her body to the Bahamas <laughs> to bury her with her mom. I think, That's what they're I think saying what you're here, forgetting right? is that he's a fisherman. Right. Oh, so he, he took her on yeah. the boat. All right, so Jennifer Love Hewitt wants to fight, but a porter's disappeared. Will then runs off after him. More red flags all over the place. Immediately suspicious or stupid. And just says, I'll catch up with you guys later. I'm just going to go chase Voodoo Boy. So the others go back to the hotel again. Suddenly, Mikai Pfeiffer decides he's going to be nice to Jennifer Love Hewitt. Maybe he's decided his girlfriend's no longer going to sleep with him. So he's just going to start trying his cards wherever he can. Uh, and he says, let's go to the pantry. Because guess what? He's hungry. Yeah. Really? Are you hungry? Oh my God. That was so weird. And then everyone's in the, room in the middle of these massive twists, murdered bodies. She just found a gravesite dug for her, with, which is empty, with the bodies of the people from like previous film, twists of what happened in the room. Everything's been validated. 100% this fisherman's killing people. <laughs> Horny Mikai Piper now. I'm hungry, guys. Let's go to the pantry. They look at him like he's insane. Well, and he says, quote, stop trying to act like you ain't hungry. <laughs> It's yeah. so weird. Because, I mean, being that horny all the time does give you a big appetite. And because, like, he hasn't satisfied his horniness, he's like, well, I need to eat so I can keep being horny. Who's writing these lines, man? Yeah, who's, I don't know. <laughs> who's writing Stop Trying what to Happen? You God. ain't hungry. No one's fucking hungry, dude. Um, so we follow Will. The porter is pushing a boat out. And this, I guess, is meant to make us not suspect Will again because he was definitely being weird. But now we're with him. P- Porter's pushing his boat out. He smacks Will in the head with a paddle. Twist. Maybe it is Voodoo Guy. The bar girl, she beats Mikai with a rolling pin, which I kind of enjoyed. Guy's <laughs> an idiot. And meanwhile, yet again, the prince is going crazy. And honestly, this is maybe my favorite bit in the film. As a sailor in a storm. <laughs> He's just on some set where they've got this boat and they're, ro- they're just rocking it, throwing water at him. And he's acting with everything he's got as this crazy fucking crazy sailor. Love it. He's trying to get emergency assistance because he suddenly realized, oh, this was a bad idea. But no, no one will help him. Whew. Yeah, so then Mikai says, I'm tired, I'm hungry, I'm fucking horny. And personally, I haven't seen one fucking psycho killer. <laughs> but you've been... You've seen dead bodies. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you've seen... Yeah. You saw words written in a man's... In man's in a man's blood on the wall. While he had an axe in his face. Head. You've seen a fucking... Whatever it was in Jack Black. You've seen a, a, a grave dug. But no. Fishman gets him. Thank God. Honestly, I couldn't take him anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Kill six. That's a kind of a uh, cool kill too. If like from the top down, yeah, gets hooked, dragged up into the ceiling. Alien star. <laughs> Christine, I've never heard you like being ugh, to the different kills. <laughs> Do you just not like being hooked? I Is think that the one? Uh, watching all of these horror films are making me like more and more sensitive to. Um, to make kills. you more sensitive. Yeah. More sensitive. I think they desensitize you. Uh, you would think, but no. <laughs> it's <laughs> like too much. <laughs> So here's the, here's the setup. We've just got the three girls left, including the bar girl. They climb up and up and up and up until they're in some attic. And then everyone's just gingerly walking over some beams, <laughs> mm-hmm. which looks kind of stupid. Willis and Brandy 
they have a little tussle they fall down to the bedroom below and for some reason she decides to crawl over him rather than around him uh, to climb out the window and then on top of this glass rooftop we've got kind of Jurassic Park sort of style scenes here oh yeah yeah she puts one foot on a pane it cracks she puts another foot on it rather than placing it on a different pane she opts tactically oh this pane's cracking I should probably step more on this one (laughs) good thinking Brandy no fucking idiot she falls and deserves to do so so they just escape run to the emergency power place so is this what you're saying is am i thinking is this is this the what the shelter or is this not yeah don't they they go to the underground shelter where they where they open the thing and they go down and the lights aren't on and she's like here hold my hand and she's like you're not holding my hand isn't that the shelter i thought it was just the emergency like power where the power like thing things are I mean, they definitely never make a proper feature at the shelter. You feel like when someone says, oh, there's a storm shelter, you hide in the storm shelter and lock the doors. There's a very stupid scene in bright daylight <laughs> where Brandy says, yeah, she's holding Miss, Miss Love's hand, but then she says she's not, and then the lights come on, and somehow she picked up the dead maid's hand. <laughs> I don't know how this happened. Mm. Fair enough. And then Will appears, and he says the porter attacked him, and they should go inside to hide. We're just getting like constant back and forth here. It's getting a bit tedious. He tells Brandy and the bar girl not to worry that a fisherman is gone. Go get me some bandages. So off they go. And then here's the moment, guys. Here's the twist. Jennifer Love Hewitt's trying to mop him up. She's like, I can't find a wound. He said, it's not my blood. And then he, like a flip of a switch, much like Jennifer Love Hewitt's bipolar. Oh, I'm depressed. Oh, I'm a sexy singer. He turns into psycho. His face literally just changes to like Billy Loomis and scream. <laughs> he does like this like look where he's like looks up. He's like. <laughs> <laughs> he does the voice. He was the guy who rang them on the phone. He was the one that he couldn't figure out. Wasn't the person who they listened to apparently on the radio. He grabs her, pulls her dragging and screaming outside into the rain, back to the gravestones. As Brandy and Bargirl find a porter who's got a huge spear stabbed through him. Oh no. Kill seven. Fisherman comes, yes, impales Bar Girl. Real shame. Kill eight. She would not go down so easy. She's got some fucking fight in her. I was kind of hoping she would be the last one, to be honest. Lots of little comedy lines going on here from, from old Bill. Is it Bill Loomis, this one? Which, um, yeah, Will. So. Will Bill. Will be, uh, ben Willis. Ben, 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 Ben. Yeah, because oh, yeah, Will's ben, the dad. Yes. Will's the dad, isn't it? And ben. Yes. Yes. So they just could Bill Loomis. That would be cool if it was like a. Well, I was gonna say because Bill <laughs> connection to the screen. Yeah, universe. it's Billy. It's like William and and Ben. You just take the B, and then you take the I L L. That would have been a much better kind of like code name than Will Ben son. Yeah. Oh man, he's just so many comedy lines here. It pisses me off. He definitely thinks he is Billy Loomis. So he's Ben's son, Ben Willis, Will Benton. Just like, didn't you get it? My name is Will Benton. Benson, not Benton. There you go. It's Ben Willis and Will Benson. See what they did there? That's exactly what they did. I looked it up. You looked it up. (laughs) Worst fake name ever. (laughs) And then the fisherman. Like, if you want to just use a fake name that has no connection to any of (laughs) this. Uh, and then the fisherman turns up he's like hey dad and then the fisherman does some talking he's about to kill her his voice is so exaggerated and, and even his expressions are so over the top in this yeah. one well they're trying to turn him into a proper icon they want a full franchise that they can because now they've coined the term of the fisherman like you know he is the fisherman 
you got Jason, you got Freddy, you got Ghostface, I guess Chucky, <laughs> and the fisherman. He's about a killer when Ray appears out of nowhere, good old Freddy Prince Jr., there to sh- save the day. Now, he would, you would think he would shoot them, but no, he threatens them. <laughs> he did try to shoot them. <laughs> Not yet. He turns up, he's gone through everything he's been through, and then he just pulls a gun and threatens them, and then eventually pulls the trigger, but it doesn't go off. <laughs> All of that lead up, his entire odyssey to get there, fucking nothing. So then him and Will just have a fight as the father watches. Now, Will's fucking owning him, but the prince pulls a little dodging move. So the fisherman skewers his own son with his hook. Ooh. <laughs> oh, my God. Poetic justice. Kill nine, Ben. I like that they give the killer kind of like, though, like this, like a, he has this, he still has feelings, you know? Like, mm-hmm. makes him a little bit more human than just a killer. Yep. He likes his kids. Yeah. Just not just not his wife. Didn't like his wife <laughs> nah, much. Nah. <laughs> and Jennifer Love Hewitt show, uh, shoots him with some CGI bullets again and again and again and again. And Kill then Freddy's <laughs> eyes. <laughs> it's amazing, isn't it? It's so good. Uh, that was hilarious. His he look like, oh, shit. <laughs> oh, shit. Did she just do that? She did. Oh, I love, honestly, <laughs> Freddie Prince Jr. in this film is a delight. I like this shot of the rain coming down on the fisherman in the grave with the mud around him. Yeah, as mm-hmm. it like rises, yeah, that's, that's cool. pretty cool. Cue the next day, guys. It's calm. It's beautiful. Bahamas. Jennifer Love Hewitt and the prince stumble out into the debris of the island. A coast guard chopper comes to get them. Brandy, somehow still alive. No fucking idea how. I'm really happy she's still alive. I think the only reason she's alive is because in the late 90s, the early noughties, if you had a singer in your movie, I think contractually they all had to survive. Even if you see them die, they just turn up again in the last scene. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's so rare to actually have them killed off. It was like, I think it was just seen as a bad thing for their music careers. (laughs) Yeah, and then, you know, you know what you do after you've been through all of that and everyone's died and all these revelations and murder and terribleness. Brandy makes a joke about how it rained the whole time they were in the Bahamas. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Everyone was murdered, including her boyfriend, who she wouldn't even have sex with. <laughs> so maybe she was happy about that. I don't know. <laughs> just, just gobsmacking. So then we cut to some point in the future. Jennifer Love Hewitt is living a white picket fence life with Freddie Prince Jr. They just bought a suburban house. They're engaged. He oh, is yeah, loving. I forgot about this. <laughs> he is loving his electric toothbrush. Oh my god! Who <laughs> to wrote the point that where he'll literally there? take it out of his mouth and go, "I love this thing." <laughs> puts it back <laughs> in his mouth. <laughs> oh my now, god, that's so funny. I think it was Christina who pointed this out in the last film, and I didn't notice it. Oh but my she's god, got the teddy, teddy bear. Hmm. Oh my god, I didn't write that in my the notes. Why does she have a gigantic who the writer must be obsessed with teddy bears? It's a really weird carryover because it's not even written by the same person. Well, whatever. Maybe I don't know. Maybe they're setting up the teddy is. bear for the future. We had voodoo clouds in this one. Possessed yeah. teddy bear. <laughs> yeah. The uh, teddy the omen. <laughs> <laughs> she goes to check on the sound, but just the window. Uh, completely misses the black footprints leading into the house. <laughs> Which I don't know how you even make these marks. We get a fake out as she opens the closet. But then in the mirror, she sees the fisherman just prone under her pen. 
<laughs> he pulls her under. She screams. End credits, guys. I do have to say, we're treated in the end credits to a song called Gorecki by a band called Lamb. Legitimately, one of my all-time favorite songs. <laughs> I used to listen to this a whole bunch. Yeah, I was very... I remember being in the theater. I was so obsessed with the song. And then this song came on at the end. I was like, yep, love this movie. <laughs> that sealed the deal for me. Whew. We did it. We Woo. did it. I noticed, I noticed the film might have got a bit tiring because everyone tailed off a little bit. As we got <laughs> and you know why? It's just because <laughs> yeah. like, I forgot We're back things. So, so many things. I had nothing to say. <laughs> Fair enough. Now, the original script... It had an ending where Ben had an extra line of dialogue after being shot. And he was going to say, I'll always be with you, Julie, whilst falling into the grave. And then dirt falls in and he was going to get all buried. Ah, why do you think they cut it? I mean, I don't know. They they didn't cut every other stupid line in this movie. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's a good point. Why would you cut anything from this movie? Really? That's the question. (laughs) <laughs> are you okay uh, no um brandy's role was actually written to be a white person but she auditioned and they loved her so like fuck it race don't mean <laughs> they a wrote thing. it they wrote it to be a white person isn't that yeah. like for no purpose like there's no reason why you have to be black or white for that role no, or any no ethnicity any. so why would you write like it's just so funny it has actually led though to some people thinking. Because remember in the previous film, her roommate um, was black, and it's yeah. like some people think, "Oh, is this meant to be the same character, just a different actor?" But mm-hmm. I don't think so. No, it's not. I mean, because they look completely different. Just yeah. because. <laughs> just because she was black and that she was black doesn't mean she has to be the same person. Race Stupid. doesn't matter. Bad. No, but for that role, it, it, it would not be saying something anyway. So it's very strange to have written her in as white to begin with, but whatever. Yeah. The prince, Prince Jr. himself, never saw the film <laughs> due to the negative <laughs> critical response. He has uh, refused poor, to ever watch this movie. To be honest, like, they didn't give him much. He had the best journey. His journey is so entertaining. Yeah, but, like, the reasoning behind, like, not wanting to go and all that stuff, like, they didn't, like... They could have helped him out a little bit. I mean, especially I think, after watching the first one. I think we should just edit all of his scenes together and we'll tag him and send it to him. <laughs> Aww. He's, he's probably contactable. The script was published as an edited young adult format novel. Uh, they left in the violence, but omitted the harsh language because that's what you need to teach your kids. Don't use your words. Use your violence. <laughs> Yeah, and then in 2000, a sequel was announced. It was going to be called I'll Always Know What You Did Last Summer. It was originally meant to stay with Jennifer Love Hewitt and Brandy and the Prince. They were going to finish right, off the trilogy. Bring him back. However, possibly due to the lackluster box office success of this sequel, it was stalled for quite a while and eventually all of the actors and the writers, everyone just moved on. Mm. So the script, there was a script for it. Um, or at least a half-baked script. It was scrapped. And they wrote an entirely new script, which would eventually turn into, I'll always know what you did last summer. And a that's direct, with new people? Well, yeah. Oh, is it? <laughs> Female directed, if memory serves right. And all new people and straight to DVD. Oh, <laughs> all right. Uh, yeah, so yeah, they never yeah, got yeah. to finish out Wait. the trilogy. But we'll talk more about that next week, obviously. Before we get there, though, guys, I'm on tentative hooks, as it were. 
Christina, how did you feel about I still know what you did last summer? I really liked it. <laughs> I was drinking. <laughs> I actually, like, it was fun to watch. It was enjoyable. I, like, still followed along with the original characters. I still felt for them. I felt for the new characters. Yeah, there was, like, a lot of silly moments and thing, a lot of loopholes and things that didn't make sense, but it was still, like, entertaining and fun. And I, I didn't expect much. <laughs> I, think that was, I think that's a good way to go in. <laughs> but I, had, I enjoyed it. It was fun. It was fun for what? me. I mean, I don't even know. I mean, it's... What? I can't unpack that. That's fine. What would you want then if they had got to do finish off the trilogy? Snowy cabin? Like snowboarding holiday? <laughs> what does it... Where, yeah, where can the fishermen turn up? A year later. <laughs> I think that's guaranteed. In Alaska. No, I don't know. I would... I mean, like, I don't know. Because, like, what? The daughter's dead. The son's dead. The mom's dead. The, the dad's dead. Who else is left? Well, I mean, it's still just basically the fisherman versus Freddie Prince and Jennifer. Like, that's it. No, but I that's... mean, like, who would be the killer? You know, a copycat oh, it'd or something? Still be, no, it'd still be the fisherman for sure. The like, fisherman... they shot him a bunch and then he fell into a grave and that's it. Like, you don't see anything Like, they didn't shoot his face or, like... No. His brain, so I don't know. he could have just been like... wearing a jacket underneath his big old... That's true. Slicker. So, it'd be him back. That would be disappointing. I, it would. It would be so boring if it was just him again. I mean, you got to keep the fisherman. Mm. That's that's the staple. That's the staple. Yeah. Well, okay. Alexander Chard, were you as enamored Hello. with this movie as Christina clearly was? I mean, when I first saw it as a teenager, I really, really liked it. And I, I guess, like, had a fondness for it through all this time. And then revisiting it and watching it twice in a very sort of short span yeah i don't like it as much anymore <laughs> revisiting these films i really i was kind of surprised with watching the first one i i guess i had forgotten the tone and the the feel of it and also coming off the back of the scream films i was really surprised in a positive way how much I enjoyed the first film and how much I liked the tone and the pacing of it, even though it had very, like we talked about, sort of, I guess, like unoriginal slasher tropes sort of thrown into what felt like a thriller. I, I liked it. I really, I really did. And I thought the performances overall were really, really strong. This one, you know, it's it's fun and it's fun to it's fun to enjoy in a kind of laughing at it way now, because it does just get really really out of control, wacky. Like I said it before in this podcast, it turns into like an episode, sort of like an adult Scooby Doo episode, where the characters are just really over the top. They the the red herrings aren't really red herrings, um, and it all just becomes very very silly. Even like. I can still enjoy it for those reasons because it's just so ridiculous. But it it is nowhere near as good or as polished as the first one or as many other or other kind of slasher films from that time period. I do appreciate the location, though. I think it's a really cool location, setting it on this sort of resort island. But yeah, it's just not utilized in a way that's interesting enough or compelling 
And then the whole backstory with Ben Willis and the son, it just really, it's it's such a stretch and so improbable and implausible that it's just like, like this is, this is, uh, yeah, the whole thing I find very ridiculous, but in a, in a, in a very forgiving sort of way, not in a way where I'm just like, screw this piece of shit. It's just like, cool, I can, I can have fun with the ridiculousness of this. Yeah, and that's sort of where I'm at with it Would now. you have wanted to see them f- close it out as a trilogy, or are you happy for them to move on <laughs> to other things? After this, I would just be happy for them to to close it out. Because there's already enough in this where it's just like, oh, that's so improbable that it's like, just, just wrap it up already. <laughs> That's you know, I, I'd be said. happy with just the first, just the first film. Yeah, and that's it. you know, it it always ends up being like that. Huh? Nothing's ever as good as the first one. But I mean, yeah, that can be true. But I think you know, we enjoy Scream. There 4. are some sequels that 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 maybe are not necessarily equal to the first one, but are certainly good films in their own right. Whereas I feel this is this is a pretty weak film i think i think what upsets me the most about this film is like yeah it's always hard standing up for 90 slasher films that aren't scream scream one most people agree yes they they see some worth there but whenever you try and stand up for any other 90 slasher you get ridiculed by genre fans because they hate 90 slashes and we talked about that in the previous episode so i don't want to get into it but what i kind of hate about this film is like i genuinely really think i know what you did last summer again doesn't mean you're gonna like it i get why people won't like it but i do think it's got a lot of great stuff going on there this one it makes it so easy for people then just to go, oh, that series is trash, you know? Um, and we'll find out next week if it gets redeemed or not. Uh, yeah, when I first saw this again, I enjoyed it. Like, I really did. Obviously, it's a silly movie. Coming back to it now, yeah, the beginning's fine. Like, it's not amazing, but it's totally fine. It's very much in the same vein as the original one. And then it just goes bananas. Like, the, the, just how this writer has done characters is so stupid. Everyone's massively overwritten. The direction of the characters is tremendously overwritten. And a lot of these actors we know can act decently. So I really do blame the writing and the directors on this one. It's just nothing really makes sense and i'm fine with adding convoluted backstory i'm fine definitely with the fisherman turning up again because i like his look with the slicker i'm totally fine with the setting like it's less relatable i think but i i i enjoy let's mix it up let's have some vibrant colors although then we don't really because it's storm season you know (laughs) it would have been nice if it was just actually utilizing pretty colors and you know beaches and palm trees and stuff could have been fun but yeah i mean honestly I know, and I know people who are listening to this who are into 80 slashes. This is exactly why they hate the 90 slashes, is a film like this. But the thing is, I've, I, I love 80 slashes, and I watch so many ones that are stupid, terrible movies, but they're fun because people are having fun making them. And then you have a lot of blood, a lot of inventive murders, a lot of people die, and you got like the nudity and all, the, all of the staples of 80s. The 90s took a lot away a lot of that. And so when you watch this, the problem is, yeah. There are a couple of all right moments with the kills. There's nothing you haven't seen a million times before if you watch slasher films. They're not very bloody. But you get to the end and, yeah, you've got characters reappearing again. Brandy's like, oh, I'm back again. Like, it's so ridiculous. You need just Jennifer Love left by the end of this movie, you know? We need more people to die. They need to die in more inventive ways. And you need to have a bit more fun with it. But beyond that, everything that's there is very is alarmingly similar to some terrible movies from the 80s that a lot of people will stand up for, you know? But I think that's the difference. It is. It doesn't. It doesn't feel like it wants to be a slasher movie. Again, even though it knows it is, it's not really having enough fun with that genre. 
So I don't know. I, don't, I think you can tell. But the thing is, this is so bad. Like this gets so bad that I think it can be enjoyable. Like just for Freddie, I can't say it enough. Like Freddie Prince Jr.'s sections in this film are fucking hilarious. Just like I couldn't stop laughing. And when you're not watching this with friends, it's sometimes hard to find these movies funny. I was laughing all by myself. I think it's kind of brilliant. Um, so, I mean, if you've, if you've seen the first one and you've got some friends and you've got some drinks, yeah, put this one on. Just know you're going into a stupid, yeah, like you say, Alex, a Scooby-Doo movie that makes no... It doesn't even have a good twist like a Scooby-Doo movie, though. Um, <laughs> yeah. And just have some fun and maybe pretend that Freddie Prince Jr.'s Scooby-Doo character is canonical to this. Uh, Jack Black's is canonical to that other film. <laughs> yeah. And enjoy that. Yeah. <laughs> but no, clearly not a great movie. Clearly, clearly. So next week, we're going to get into I'll Always Know What You Did Last Summer. I'll say a couple words about that in a second. But again, please do, if you're listening to us, head out to the iTunes. Head out and out. Hit. Uh, hit. Type in words like We Are Geeks. Find us, subscribe, and rate us because it really does help us out. Uh, we don't do patrons. We don't do banner ads. And we don't sell you any new headphones or... Um, Nipple rings. Oh, well, yeah. It's, an, it's the late 90s. <laughs> they were very in yeah and please do follow all of us on our own personal social medias i'm mr al white on everything as well as the xbox you've just missed our la la sort of premiere of our film starfish but it's playing still some other places so please do head to starfishmixtape.com starfishmixtape.com and you can hit the theatrical button and find out if it's playing somewhere near you and you can check out our film and support us that way alex how can people get in touch with you 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 can find me on uh, Instagram and Twitter at Alexander Chard. Christina. I am on Instagram and Twitter at underscore hi Christina, but I really just use Instagram. Christina just followed me last week on Instagram. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> you finally made it to the cool club. I didn't know, Alex. Oh I God. didn't know. I didn't know. I just saw your name and I was like, <laughs> you oh followed shit. Me? Bad Alex. As soon as as soon Bad as the notification Alex. came in, I took a screenshot and I sent it to all the geeks. Takes it crew. as a snub. So everyone knew. <laughs> yeah, I, we'll I missed it. it. Just like cut, it just cut out when you said that. So I really it's don't probably, know I think what you're you lucky. said. I think you're lucky it cut out. He was saying some terrible things about you. <laughs> It was all awful. <laughs> we will be back next week. We'll always know what you did last summer. I don't know how excited you guys are about this. You two have never seen this one, right? For sure. No, for sure. <laughs> Chrissy was like, fuck no. <laughs> um, I have. I've seen this a few times. I was very excited when this eventually was coming out because I was ready for some more fisherman action. All I'm going to say is, yes, new, new people, new cast, straight to DVD, and... How to say this right? There might be, in a strange way, a little bit of zombie action. What? No. We will get there next Friday. Until then, we are out. Geeks. Geeks. Geeks.